Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this Saturday. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Molly Herman this morning. A very good morning to be with you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Um, at the end of the last hour, you guys, we had oh, we had uh, Josie on the line and she got cut off. So, Josie, you still there? Yeah. Oh, great. Okay, Fantastic. well, yeah. we are going to, we the couple thoughts that we were talking, you have a 50th birthday party that you want to throw, you want to remain budget friendly, yep. and you want cocktails and appetizers, basically, right? Right. Okay, so a couple of thoughts came by. Yep. So we also thought of this place called City House in St. Paul. Uh, Red River Kitchen is there. They have a food truck that sort of services their their counter service. Uh, but it's this right on the river. It's beautiful. And they have this large building um, where there's lots of places to sit and like play cornhole and do other things. Uh, so that might be c- good. And you're sort of outside, but you're protected from the weather. And they do sure. catering. So you could choose, yep. you know, what I mean, like you could do like you could host the whole thing if you wanted. Um, and the other thing that they have is they are also uh, just opened at Bramer Golf Course in Edina. Mm-hmm. And what I like about that f- is that they have this really great uh, lawn bowling area with fire pits and tables that you can sort of reserve. But then they also have inside, like you could either do outside or inside. And so it would be dependent on the weather, obviously. But that would be something where you wouldn't have to worry about it. They, you know, and they're kind of new and it's a public golf course. And so they're kind they're not as expensive, I think, as like some other places. Like it. Yes. Like it. So there you go. You're welcome. Thanks for hanging out. All right. That was hopefully, uh, hopefully some good intel that we gave her. Yes. Okay. Guess what, guys? Top two in hour two. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now the Weekly Dish presents. Top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. All right, gang, this is the time of the show where we name a couple things that we are super obsessed with at the moment. <laughs> Just saying. Um, okay, who? Let's see. Let's start off. You, you go first. You go first. No, you go You're first. You're the guest. Oh. Um, one of the things that I'm loving, and it's in my neighborhood, I've been having a lot of like lunch meetings there lately. Uh-huh. I've been talking about lunch a lot today. Yeah. Uh, the How. Oh, how Have do you, you feel been about to the, the How? how? Uh, we go there as a family sometimes, and it, it's the old rail station on Minnehaha Avenue, if mm-hmm. people are familiar with that. It has been transformed, let me tell you. Yes, it has. <laughs> it looks beautiful in there. Um, the food is really good. Great. Really, really good. And it's it's like kid-friendly, it's vegetarian-friendly, it's gluten-free friendly. I mean, they've got it all. It's also very dog-friendly. They love their dogs there. And so they have a whole dog patio set up and things like that. So uh, I just had lunch there yesterday, and uh, I got like a Thai... Uh, curry bowl. Oh. And it was beautiful. They are attached to Stanley's in Northeast. Yes. And also Pub 819 out in Hopkins where we went. And so that was my next, you know, there's a couple of them around and they're all a little bit different, but Mm -hmm. you will see some similar menu items. But it's like, you know, you can get your burger and your bar food and all that good stuff, but they they have quite a a large menu at all of those places. Yeah. uh, With different stuff. And they are... uh, what I love about them, the dog-friendly patio, mm-hmm. uh, Megan, we took Winnie, her little old English sheepdog, my daughter, and her dog, went to the patio at Stanley's. And it is, I mean, like, beyond being dog-friendly, it is like a dog court. They, like, court the dogs. It's basically <laughs> like they have a water bowl that you can fill up and fresh water for them. They, yep. have, they have mats that you put on the ground where the dogs can lay. And, like, so that if it's too hot, that they have something comfortable to lay yeah. on. They have dog menu. They have specific mm-hmm. dog meatloaf that you can order for your dog. And at Stanley's, after 3.30 p.m., on you know, they have a dog pizza they from have- a dog pizza truck. Yeah. 
Well, that's, I mean, my mind is blown with a dog pizza trick. But anyway, uh, they have like a puppy happy hour, like a dog happy hour. So anyway, it's just a great neighborhood place. And it's in neighborhoods throughout the Twin Cities. Yeah, no, I'm glad that that you like the how because they had some rough... I mean, it kind of was a rough acceptance period when they switched over from the rail station, which was a dive bar. It was a dive bar, and it, I mean, we've seen, sung karaoke there yeah. when it was rail station. Uh, and, it, you know, it was an institution there for so long, but yeah. they have really done well by the neighborhood, I good. think. Good, 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 good. Okay, uh, my first one is uh, Cacio Pepe, mm, I which I know we talk about this all the time, but Hyacinth, the new restaurant on Grand Avenue. Was that last week that I went? I think it, it was. was last week. It was last Saturday. Um, I went and um, it was it was just I've been talking about it. I feel like I've been talking about it for like the whole last week, but it was just good. lovely and it was just fun and it was very quaint and quiet and not quiet, but you know, it was sort of so we kept saying that it felt like Lucia's and then we happened to be sitting next to Mike Phillips from Red Table Meat Company yep. and his wife, Michelle, and they both were like, it kind of has that Chet's feel. Do you remember okay. Chet's Taverna? Chet's was closed when I moved here. Oh, too bad. But that was in the old Foxy Falafel space. So yeah. I can see where, you know, it's kind of small and, and narrow cozy. and cozy and the yeah. tables are close together. And I don't know. I We just had a lovely time. But my thing that I want to say is that there's a lot of Cacio e Pepe around town, which is, of course, that pasta dish that is Parmesan and pepper. Yes, lots and, of black pepper. Yeah, but that's the problem is I think a lot of places are not peppering enough. Mm-hmm. And that's we all sort of agreed that that was a full pepper Cacio e Pepe at Hyacinth. And so if you go, there's plenty of things to order. There was a beautiful lamb ragu on the strozio pete uh, pasta, these little kind nice. of, you know, curls. Yeah. But... I would say if you're a Cacio e Pepe fan, go give theirs a try. And they have half portions too, which is fun. Classic and simple. So where exactly is Hyacinth on Grand? It's right next to Golden Fig. Okay. So everybody who knows Golden Fig on the show, Golden Fig Epicurean, it's right. She actually moved. It's her old location. Lori Kroll moved gotcha. down. That's why and the small, cozy, narrow feel. Yeah. Got so it. they moved. she moved down two doors. And then, so then that left that space open. And so they turned it into a restaurant space. And I mean, let's just say you should be going to Golden Fig and grabbing your cucumelons because if we have a show where we don't talk about cucumelons, it's not summer. All the way to the end of summer is going to happen. Seriously. Um, she was pickling them. So I would love to go see. I might actually have to pop over there later and yeah. see if they're there. But then she's right down the street. So it's kind of nice. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. What's your second? Uh, my second one, and I know that we have mentioned this before with our friend Stephanie Meyer with her Project Vibrancy Meals, but this is one thing that my son loves so much that yeah. I wind up cooking it every week. Oh, yeah? Crispy chicken thighs. What? And it is the easiest thing ever, um, but you want to get skin on thighs. Yep. You need to debone them. Uh, and you can sort of, cu- I cut them in half so that we have more portions to sort of go on salads and stuff. But you put just a little bit of oil, like a tablespoon of oil in the, in a pan. Yep. Skin side down, salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. Skin side down. You leave it there over like medium heat for 15 minutes. Like do not move it. And that's where people make the mistake. Yeah. Elizabeth well, Reese loves this to too. leave it. Yeah. And then after 15 minutes, if it's nice and crispy, turn it over, cook the other side. And that only takes about, you know, five to eight minutes, depending on how, the thickness of the chicken breast. But they're just like it doesn't burn. No, they're just and you can turn it smoke up your house. um, You know, I turn it on high the fan, the fan. Um, So make sure you do that. And it does splatter quite a bit. So, put it on the stove where it makes the most sense. Um, And you might want to turn the heat down if it's splattering too much. So it's sort of that medium low range. Are you cooking it in oil or butter or what? 
oil. Um, and I've used coconut oil and I've used olive oil. Yeah. I think Elizabeth have. loves the coconut oil. Yeah. It. And you could use, you know, if you have bacon grease mm-hmm. laying around, you could use some of that. But anyway, they are a favorite in my household with my son. And I've been cooking him so much that I figured I had to talk about it. Oh, good. Preach yeah, I've word. never, I, I mean, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. I just, I just don't do them. I know. And you, I can see you being too impatient to just let them sit there. I am. I'm too impatient. And also, I, well, in my current house right now, I, I don't have good ventilation. Right. And so frying anything or like, because basically you're frying that skin. You know what I mean? It's like it's kind of fat frying itself because of the skin. Right. You know, and so it gets very smoky and weird in my house. And so We're I can't. We're going to call it saute. We had a whole argument in my house oh, the other day you? about that. Really? <laughs> I think that may be a little different. <laughs> Because you're not really stirring it around. Isn't sautéing stirring around? Well, sautéing is just a minimal amount of oil in a shallow pan. Really? Right? It has nothing like to do with frying. movement? Sauté? Sauté to gonna, me? Gonna, we'll look it up. I know. This is going to be an interesting thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love that. Um, quickly, we did have a caller who called in who just wanted to know, do, I, do we know where we can get lemon cucumbers? I have not seen those. Those, I think, are a growing thing that, like, I think people, I've grown them myself. I've never seen them in markets or anything. I thought, and please don't hold this to the fire test, but I thought I saw some lemon cucumbers at Produce Exchange inside Midtown Global Market. Oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe you guys, if you guys know, if you've seen lemon cucumbers out there, there are these little, they kind of look like lemons, and but they're cucumbers. They're Pale a little, yellow color. Yep, they kind of, and they're a little prickly, but they may have a little bit of striping to them, but mm-hmm. they're, they're so delicious. Uh, you can eat them right off the vine, which is what I used to do when I grew them, but I don't know if I've seen them at the markets or anything, but if you guys have, call in and let us know, okay? And we'll relate that information. Okay, well, my second uh, two an hour two is the Hamlin Dining Hall. So you are bringing State Fair up. I am because these guys are in a little bit of need. And so oh. I am going to actually I forgot to put the link up. Um, uh, they are. So the Hamlin Dining Hall is one of two dining halls left, like church dining halls left on the fairgrounds. There used to be a whole bunch. Um, and now there's only one left or there's two left. And uh, what's really unique about them mm-hmm. is uh, they are totally volunteer staffed and 100% of their net profits goes to charities. So that is something that I don't think we talk about or even a lot of people don't even know. Do they tell you what the charities are or they figure Um, that out? I don't have, I mean, that's, it's part of their Hamlin church, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so it's part of their things, but I don't know what charities they are. Um, But I know that, I mean, maybe I could look that up, but they, I know that they do a lot to help, um, you know, people in the area and local people who need help. Um, what I love is that, you know, they basically, they love the state fair and they love the dining hall and love having people in there and they serve, you know, ham loaf, which is a <laughs> fast disappearing thing at the state fair. Anyway, they have a GoFundMe, you guys, and they are looking because of what happened is over the last year, they lost some of their equipment due to, you know, it's old. It's just mm. really, really old. And a couple of their things broke down. Um, I think they had to buy a new dishwasher and a new, um, a new fryer or they, uh, a commercial dishwasher and ranges. They, they all blew up. And by the way, commercial kitchen equipment is not cheap. No. And they are looking for just some help. That's all. I mean, obviously if you can go to the state fair and, and support them through, you know, eating there Mm -hmm. and sort of getting some Swedish meatballs, that is Jake's 
That's basic standard bearer for Swedish meatballs. Okay. Um, but they're, you know, they're looking for some money. They're looking for some donations. So I threw a 30 bucks at them and I just thought that would be a good thing. They're looking for $25,000. That's their goal. They're at 2000. Um, and because it is GoFundMe, they get to keep the money obviously. Right. But I mean, it would be grateful, helpful if you guys could just pitch over. Weekly dishers unite. In the name of good, you guys, they yeah. do good things. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, we have none other than Lynn Rosetto Casper calling in, or we'll give her a call. We're giving her a call. We're going to jingle the her. The does not call us. We call her. Exactly, because we want to talk about Julia Child and her birthday and what's coming up. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this Saturday. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Molly Herman this morning. Hello. We are having a lovely day. Remember, you guys, if you miss any portion of the show, you can always go back and f- dial it up on podcast. Podcast is a beautiful podcast. Thing. Is it? Uh, let's say that this week there was a wonderful, there was a wonderful moment on the August fifteenth in which we could celebrate Julia Child's birthday. Which, of course, we should. But because this weekend is a better time to celebrate. (laughs) It's hard to celebrate on a Wednesday. It is hard to celebrate on a Wednesday. Some of us have really made a career out of it. But others (laughs) others need some more time. And so we're so happy to be joined right now by Ms. Lynn Rosetto Casper. Hello. Are you there, Lynn? I am here. Yay. Thank you so much for calling today. We are so excited to have you on the radio. Now, you have been celebrating Julia Child's birthday at the Linden Hills Farmer's Market for a couple years now, haven't you? Oh, yeah. And we always, well, we have a ritual that we go through, which Molly knows very well. Uh, (laughs) You're going to refresh me for this Sunday, though, please. (laughs) Well, this is what we're going to do. First of all, Raghavan Iyer is going to be joining me. You know, the man who writes fabulous books about Indian cooking. He consults, he teaches. He's an amazing man. And he's also a dear friend. So we're going to go out into the market, and we're going to forage, (gasps) and we're going to pick Five ingredients. Now, if this sounds familiar, this is a session of Stump the Cook. <laughs> right. It's and just reversed. What yeah. When what we're going to be doing is we will pick five ingredients and we will do our very best to make sure they make no sense whatsoever. They usually don't, Lynn. Uh, yes, I know, Molly. You're very good at that. <laughs> Wait, so, so Lynn? I thought, I thought, what year was it that we did all of these wonderful savory things and then we threw in, I think, lavender chocolate and a form of... It was a bar. It was a lavender chocolate bar that we had to put with like bison jerky and oh. Anyway, let's explain this just a little bit further. So, for those of you that uh, are not familiar with the splendid stable, or splendid stable, splendid table. Thank you. Uh, Linda Zetacaster was the host for many, many years and had this. Uh, not a game, but a portion of the show that was called Stump the Cook. People would call in with different ingredients, and you would figure out a dish for them to make with those ingredients, right? That's right. It was five things that they really had in their refrigerator. Right. And so this is the reverse of that. And so Lynn and Raghavan, or whoever the guest judge is, goes out into the market, gets five really random ingredients... Uh, brings them back to myself and a uh, guest uh, chef for that day. And this time it's uh, St. Genevieve's Dustin Thompson. Yes. And we have how long to cook? As I recall, I think you've got about, is it 30 minutes or is it 15? I think it's 20. We're going to go 20 with 20. minutes, you guys. Wow. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. And, and by the way, in the midst of the 20 minutes, Raghavan and I are asking them questions. We're bugging them. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that we're doing is, and this is the really main point, is we're paying tributes to Julia Child. Yes. And there are stories, there are memories, 
Um, I, I was lucky enough to know her. Uh, and But everyody has a memory, I think, about Julia. And uh, there's going to be cake. Yes, and we then, always end with a birthday cake. Right. And then there is a drum roll, and uh, the contestants' dishes get tasted by both myself and Raghavan. And uh, we award a prize to the winner. Oh. Do you guys wear pearls? I'm just wondering. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I will tomorrow. I think you should be wearing pearls. I feel like I that's a thing. I haven't thought about that. I, I, I was thinking of dusting off my navy blue silk. Oh. And I don't know if anybody remembers that, that there was a show that she did called Travels with Julia. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I wish somebody would rerun that. It was wonderful. And there was one shot of her in her classic, you know, simple blue silk dress, the dress you wore for dinners and that kind of thing, and her string of pearls. Uh, sitting on the back of a produce truck, oh. driving along, bouncing along with a big grin on her face, <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was one of the sides of Julian that that was just adorable. There was sort of a a bad boy, you know, kind of impish quality that she had that was just so great. Do you, what do you, as far as Julia goes, you know, I mean, uh, when you think about the impact, obviously, that she's had in, you know, the way that we all eat today, Mm -hmm. do you think that she had any idea that that was going to, you know, be who, what she was? I think that, I asked her that question once, not in the same way, but I said, I mean, did you know when you were writing Mastering the Art that this was going to be one of the great classics? Yeah. And she said to me, that's what we wanted to do. Really? I mean, she didn't say it in a boastful way, but right, of course I right. do. But it was the idea. And, you know, the, they put nine, she and Sim Quebec, her, her very close French friend, and uh, Louisette Bertol, mm. um, who didn't participate quite as much, but she was part of the, 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 the trio. Um, the nine years of oh my work. my goodness. Nine years of testing and rethinking and testing and asking questions and checking science and, and also having to figure out, which is very difficult to do, you don't take a recipe from one country and just drop it in and say, you know, here it is and here's how it's going to work in your country. Right. The, the meat is different. The, 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 you know, everything. It, there are such subtle things to deal with. And, well, there's a, a wonderful story I want to tell about her on, on Sunday the Linden Hills Market, that uh, I I was told by her editor, Judith Jones, about how Julia worked. And it was one of those things that, you know, those of us who write cookbooks, you know, there's a lot of work that just really boggled the mind. And I was was so impressive. It was so telling about the kind of person she was and, and the way she just never quit. You know, there was not a lot of ego there. But there was a lot of, I'm going to get this thing right if it's the last thing I do. Right. It's sort of ambition, I think, and also drive. And then, and, and that's, that's so different perfectionism. from, but that's so different from ego. And I think mm-hmm. that that's something that we, you know, I think we've seen the rise of ego a little bit more than we have of, you know, that other side. And so yeah. that's what's refreshing about her. You're so right. Absolutely. And she was, she was a queen of that. Everything she did, she, you know, she was the first person to back the early food organizations, you know, the, the organizations that were aimed at, at people like all of us, not just at chefs, not just at home economists, but as, as people who love to eat, yes. people who want to know a great deal more. And, um, and one of them was the, 
International Association of Culinary Professionals. Mm-hmm. I was one of the folks that was in at the beginning of all of that, and she was the first speaker we had at our first annual meeting. And she continued to be a member, and she also, uh, she, we named a cookbook award after her. You know, it's the Julia Child IACP Cookbook Awards. Yeah. And she hosted them for years. And the international, well, the food and wine, you know, the international, what is it, food and wine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially the James Beard Awards. And all of this, Julia was behind these things 100%. And she was available to people. And she was always turning the conversation towards a person that she was talking to. Yeah. And, and, and then she had, of course, this, you know, twinkle in her eye and this sense of humor. And, uh, oh, <laughs> what it would have been like to be in her kitchen with her, I can't even imagine. I still right? have, you know, I mean, and I wish somebody would rerun most of those shows just uh, to, so that we could see that. Well, and do we know, are they on Netflix or something like that? We should look that up. I would yeah. think that they're out there somewhere. But what a pleasure for you to have, have known her and had that, those conversations. That is so amazing. Well, it was, it was really, I keep looking back and, you know, you, you pinch yourself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you so, have to. So, Lynn, I'm looking forward to seeing you again tomorrow. And this is probably, what, our fifth year that we've done this? I think it is. Okay. I think it is. And long may it wave. <laughs> long may it wave. Uh, we have such a fun time. And uh, there's a few more rules that Lynn will go over tomorrow because we're, we're a little bit, they go, they go and pick five ingredients, but then we're hampered by how many more we can add. Oh, Yes, exactly. We, this is not easy. No. We don't do anything to make this easy. <laughs> no, they sure don't. <laughs> Last year we got handed switchel and uh, sushi hand roll. Oh, my word. Uh, among other yeah. things. Hey, Steph, you've got to see this. Oh, I mean, you should totally come love it. Yeah, and Raghavan, uh, the man's a devil. <laughs> <laughs> Raghavan is fun. He also, is. a former president of AICP, I believe. Yes? Yeah. That's right, exactly. And uh, so tomorrow, for those of you that are listening that want to come out, it is from uh, the cooking competition is from 1130 to 1230. Okay. Um, Lynn and Raghavan will be mic'd up as they are wandering the market so you can hear all their machinations and, you know, what their thought process is. I'm going to come. You guys, I'm going to come and I'm... Yes, Lynn, please. I'm going to like shadow you and report on what you're picking. I am excited by this. I think this they is... Are, they, they are now approaching the basil. Yes, I think so. I think <laughs> I can live. Sure. Are they, nope, the nope. They're turning the from the right basil. Button. Turning I, from the basil. I'm going to live tweet it. It's amazing. Okay. Well, I, we will see you tomorrow. Thank you so much, Lynn, for calling in. And I'm excited. This is the Julia Child birthday celebration at Linen Hills Farmer's Market, and it's happening tomorrow. So we'll Absolutely. S- Everybody come. And it's free, right? To come watch. It is watch. free. There were Absolutely reserved seats that are already free. sold out, but yep. the rest of it's free. It's free. All right. We'll <laughs> see you tomorrow, Lynn. Thanks for Thanks, calling. Lynn. Okay, guys. Take care. See you tomorrow. Okay. This is Weekly Dish. We'll be right back. I mean, I could let the Queen of Soul go on and on and on. We'll just sing along with her. Oh, just rest in peace, lovely, because she has marked my life in ways. Oh. Gave you you chills. know, I, I know. know I did. I, I like, just got I chills. I, all I can think of is when I heard. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, I just watched the Blues Brothers the other day. Oh, did you really? And I was I, when I heard, I was like, "Full fried chickens <laughs> and white toast." <laughs> I have not watched that in full a fried long chickens and a coke time. and white toast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and just thinking of the entire that scene where she's, you know, uh, you better think, yeah, what you're trying to do, do to me. me. I just, it's just my. I watched it again the other day just because I love it. So I just want to say I loved Aretha. 
she was marvelous. One of my favorite moments quickly, though, with her yeah. was watching. She was on stage with Mariah Carey for some performance at something. Like Kennedy Honors or something? Maybe, yeah, something. And it was like... I mean, she basically just stared Mariah down every time Mariah tried <laughs> to like get an octave above her or something. She just looked at her side eyed and, and Mariah literally like a dog was like cowering, like, you know, go ahead. <laughs> nope, you you go ahead. You are the queen. She deferred appropriately, but it was really funny the minute Mariah started to go <laughs> over it. I was Shut like, it down. No, no, no. <laughs> no. I loved it. It was my favorite moment. Uh all right, you guys. We are uh <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about thank you for joining us on the weekly dish. What yes. was I gonna there was something else I was going to bring up. Right? Oh, I wanted to say at the farmer's market, yep. there's also for the Linden event. Linden Hills Farmer's Market. Yep, the Linden Hills Farmer's Market tomorrow. The event is um, at the farmer's market, which is over by Sedegren's or by the hardware store. Yes. And, at, uh, what is the cross streets there? Yeah, I don't even know. But I'll, I'll get it. It'll come to me in just a moment. Yeah, it's in Linden Hills, which is one yeah. tiny little place. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the other thing to be aware of is that Tilia is having their block party the exact same day. So they are having Augtoberfest. Augtoberfest, exactly. Yes. And so they're having bands. Solid Gold is going to be there, which is, I'm sorry, That's one of the gonna best be awesome. bands. And so Oktoberfest is from three to eight. The market itself is from nine to one. Yeah. So there's a little turn could, time there. Maybe you... see if you can get a spot at Martina. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. I don't know if they're Sit at the bar. Right. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, so that's happening tomorrow. I just want to make sure that we cleaned up all the details on that for you guys and that yes. it is free to go. So yes. to go watch. Come uh, say hi. Come say hi. Uh, letting you know that I made some, I had a peak Minnesota moment last night. Seriously, I was making zucchini bread, zucchini cake, and <laughs> from my neighbor's zucchinis. And then they get left on your doorstep. Yeah, <laughs> that, that they keep bringing to my house. You know, normally they're the ones who give me the eggs too. And uh, so they, they're overflowing with zucchini. So they brought that. And then um, I gave it, you know, my kid, Jake is on a cabin weekend. So that was my contribution to the cabin weekend. But I was like, that's so Minnesota. I made some zucchini bread and sent it to the cabin. I did. I did. Um, but here's the thing is like, I was having this moment because I was trying to describe it on, you know, the socials about him. Because I, I started out by saying I was going to make zucchini bread. Mm-hmm. And then the boys were like, what if you made chocolate zucchini bread? Because I had chocolate chips. I was like, oh, that's good. And yeah. I Googled it. And I realized, oh, Zoe's got a chocolate zucchini bread recipe, but it's called chocolate zucchini cake. But is it really any different? So here's what I think. There's a whole <laughs> other category called quick breads, right. which are more like the cake bread well think of banana bread yeah if banana bread was put into like a bunt pan you would call it banana cake yeah i think it's just because it's in a loaf pan what what's isn't that weird though i mean don't you think like that's why i've been calling it zucchini bread because if i put because you know whether i bake it in a loaf or if i bake it in a but then again like i bake my pound cake in the same pan and it's pound cake Cake. it's not pound bread Mm. i don't know because the like banana bread isn't it is like pretty it's pretty sweet right so is pumpkin yeah. bread pumpkin yep. bread and pumpkin cake but again there's a, a but those are quick bread breads. category that those would fall in and those are all universally sweet as far as I they know. are when you think about them yeah although yeah you don't make a, a savory like if you did like a savory zucchini no it would still it need be the bread. sugar right yeah the bread mm-hmm. it would just be bread you would just call it bread Controversy for the ages. I'm just is saying. Is it cake or is it bread? I'm just saying. Is, is it, it cake? Is it cred? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's that same thing when we call Jello salad salad. <laughs> it's, it's either cred or break. You why can is go salad figure only? Out which one you want. Like why is salad? Why do we now think of salad as green? But in the past, salad was also a dessert. 
Like in the 50s, a salad could be dessert. Just and it was, it was jello. chilled. And it had pears in it. <laughs> Some sort of fruit. Some sort of, I mean, that's... Or sometimes carrot shavings. Sometimes. I never understood and that. And sometimes marshmallows. I am still reading that book, Jello Girls, by the way, you guys. It's very interesting, but it's heavy. So it's taking me a little while. So I will report on that maybe post fair. Okay. Um, but back to the zucchini bread. Yes, please tell us about <laughs> because your Because I cred. do... So then I started to think like... I And I want to call it zucchini bread, even though I know that it's more of a cake, because I'm not eating it like a cake. I guess that's the difference in my mind, too. Same thing with, like, pumpkin bread. Pumpkin bread or zucchini bread or banana bread. Is this just because you feel justified having it for breakfast? Well, but I'm not a sweet girl for breakfast. So okay. in in a weird way, yeah, it's like an <laughs> afternoon tea cake or yes. something. With your, with your cup of tea. Yeah, but I spread butter on it. Like, I cut it and I spread butter on it. Like a um, bread. Yeah. Because you would banana never, bread. Would never butter spread on butter on cake. cake except- and you're not frosting it. Right. So it's not cake. What about, do you ever glaze some of your No, your I breads? never do. Oh. See, I'm not a frost. That's maybe it. Because maybe this is the place where the intersection of cake <laughs> and bread in my world We're diving is, deep into your, your psyche here. It's different because I don't care about frosting. So I don't ever, you know, even the pound cake, the most I do to it is usually I douse it with bourbon. So... <laughs> You know, because that's always God, you guys. When the pound and cake light is it on fire, when the when the pound cake is warm and you just hit it like over the top, a sprinkle with like a little bit of whiskey or brandy, yeah, and it just soaks in, soaks and in. then it goes into the fridge. Because the best part about pound cake is the next morning you have to, it has to be in the fridge overnight, and then that gets into that solid awesomeness. We always used to toast. So my grandmother had a sour cream cake, uh, pound cake recipe, yeah, that was handed down, and we always used to slice it and toast it. See, this is the thing. I do that too, like in a pan with butter. Yeah, yeah, I do that too. I do that with pound it's cake. Really delicious. Let me give you one more thing for chocolate cake, you guys, or bread. However you do, if you're gonna make this recipe, and I did just put it up on the Weekly Dish uh, Facebook, then Zoe's recipe and she actually texted me that she's going to be making this today oh cool i know so maybe you can watch her do it um but i gotta tell you this uh, here's the best tip for this go to broder's cucina not the not the pasta bar go to the cucina the deli yep the deli they have fresh mascarpone there Mm, mascarpone mm -hmm. which is like italian cream cheese you know a lot of people use it you use it in tiramisu but uh, and it's less fat, actually, than yeah. American cream cheese. It is just, and it's, but I mean, you can find it in grocery stores, but it's mm -hmm. not the same consistency. Mm -hmm. When you get it at uh, Broder's, it has almost like a cream, it has more of a creamy cream cheese mm -hmm. consistency. That spread on chocolate zucchini cake, just a big freaking swath of it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish everybody could see your face right I now. I know, I literally... You guys, I made the zucchini cake and I left two pieces for myself in the fridge. To slather with mascarpone. Because I'm going to go to Broder's and get and some get mascarpone, mascarpone on my way home. It's a good today. idea. Yeah, just saying those are two good things. Very do you good have idea. a zucchini? Uh, do you, I mean, like we've talked a little bit about using up zucchinis. I'm a big fan of the fritter. Yep. I do sort of like a fritter, uh, like a latka situation with it. You know, you can shred yep. it and you can mix it with potatoes or leave them on their own and do a little pan fry. We'll right. Get to that a little pan fry. A moment. Um, yeah, I like to eat zucchini savory. And as much as I love the whole zoodle thing, yep. my boys do not. Do they not? They do not. And so I don't really do the zoodles anymore because then I'm just the only one eating them. Eating them, yeah. Jake is, um, he will eat more zoodles than I can make. That is awesome. I know. I mean, so give all your zucchini to Steph March. I guess, yeah, no, please do not. <laughs> <laughs> we have limits. <laughs> I've already like, I've already cucumbered up. I'm already done too with the cucumbers. One I, of my favorite things for zucchini, just real quick, is yeah. uh, coins. And then you can put them in a baking sheet. Yeah. 
bake them with olive oil, salt, pepper, and red pepper flakes, yeah. and then hit them with some lemon juice when they come out. Oh, that is like at four hundred, really hot or yeah, not so hot? Hot, uh, four hundred, and just until I mean, until you like them done. But I like them done a little. I want them a little bit browned. Do they get brown and crispy? Yeah, Do they get you, crispy? No, they don't get crispy. Um, you could also put them under the broiler just to because they, you know, they have so much water content. Yeah. It doesn't take long to no. to cook them through. No, um, but that's my favorite like zucchini side dish easy way to do it you yeah. can do it on the grill too i do i, I do like a, a grilled zucchini yeah. situation all right guys we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to wrap it up give you the moral of the story and tell you a little bit about what's going on in town we'll be right back this is weekly dish come back to weekly dish thanks for hanging with us today if you've been tucked in with your coffee and just sort of having a good day yeah, thinking about planning the market start. i know i think it's always i always kind of wish that i could be you guys sometimes <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some days I do that, you know, on the next day. That's your Sundays. Yeah, I know. It is my Sundays. I love it. Um, you know, there's a lot of great stuff going on around town right now, and there's uh, plenty of things. First of all, what's the moral of your story? Did you learn anything today being here? Or even all summer, you know? When is cake a cake? When is cake a cake? And when is moral it? Moral dilemma. Bread. Um, These are things. No, I... I the summer has just gone by so fast. So I guess the moral of the story is like, yeah, I mean, everybody, there's so many events that like we've already talked about and we are going to talk about more. Um, everybody's trying to cram it in at the end of summer because that's what you do. Yeah. And I, you just, I always wonder where does the summer go? And I have all these plans at the beginning of summer and I get some of them done. Yeah. But now trying to get it in under the wire. Yeah, I know. I have to remember that it doesn't end at Labor Day. It that doesn't. It's it not just like, feels like a calendar door closing. And I think maybe it's because we still have school-age kids. Maybe there are people who don't. I mean, I'm on my last school-age kid, right? right. So as soon as Jake's gone, am I going to be like, what's the difference? Who cares? Like, right. You know? I mean, sometimes it's hotter in September than it is in August. I know. So, I know, yeah, but it's don't more need to think about it that way. vacation time. It's, and it's, it's more the lazy days. There, there is a mentality of like, it's cool to take vacations, you know, time. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think that there's, uh, yeah, kind of like the also fall, it just sort of switches gears a little bit more with like different foods too. Like we're still in the harvest, obviously, right. but you think more about like the sausages and the beer, you know, mm-hmm. like the heavier beers and food just changes. And so I think I'm on my last celebrations of like that beautiful light rosé type Day. Well, and tomatoes are just coming in like in the last week or two, right? Yeah. So it's, it feels like we haven't even hit the... High peak of summer and corn. I know. I know. I know. A lot of magazines, you know, the like I said, the West or the mm-hmm. East Coast magazines sort of project. They have to. They have to plan out a year ahead. So there's lots of tomatoes already on there. But I feel like I haven't seen my my tomatoes in my garden, the yellow or the little orange ones mm-hmm. all over the place. Crazy amounts of them. Mm-hmm. But the big red ones are still getting red. So I'm yeah, still kind of waiting on them. For your BLTs. Oh, I'm thinking of BLT tomorrow night for sure. <laughs> for sure. Hey, did you know that, by the way, as we're talking about Raghavan Ayer, who is, of course, uh, going to compete with you, or he's going to judge judging. with Lynn Rosetto at the Julia Child birthday bash tomorrow. at the Linden Hills Farmer's yep. Market. 1130 to 1230. Yep. Um, he's going to be opening a new place. I know. I'm kind of excited about this. I'm very excited about this, and I want to make sure that it gets on, and we'll have him on the radio to talk about it when it gets closer to actual fruition. But he's opening um, something called Pizza Karma in Eden Prairie. Great name. I know. And I love it because basically it's tandoori pizza. Mm-hmm. Or it's tandoor oven pizza, which is a clay-lined oven yep. used in Indian cooking. And there he's going to make it pizza on naan. Non-crust. And lots of different flavors. I mean, he is a flavor king. Oh, Let's my be clear word, about this. Like, uh, not only just Indian flavors, but right. across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm excited to see 
what he does with that. I mean, I love the idea of tandoori chicken pizza with local free-range chicken marinated in Greek yogurt with garlic and freshly ground spices. Ah! And then pulled pork pizza with shredded pork simmered in a red chili cinnamon paste. That sounds delicious. He, let's have that. Yeah, it's in Eden Prairie, for those of you wondering. I know, he's taking over one of the old gas stations over yep. there, so it'll be interesting. We'll see. I think it's going to be great, quite honestly, because I can't see anything he's doing in this sort of flavor-focused way that can't be. Yeah. So that's what is one of the big things coming. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on in town today. You know, you may want to get over to the Northeast Farmer's Market. If you're thinking about which farmer's market to head out to, if you head out to the Northeast one, um, they're doing their 15th annual corn and brat feed today. <laughs> Come on now. That's summer. That is summer. That is summer. A Kermarchik's brat and a buttery corn and some fresh lemonade for 12 bucks. Get it. Done. Just done. Go over there and hang out with those guys. Um, Liftbridge is 10 years old. Is that not crazy? Really? Liftbridge Brewing in Stillwater is 10 flipping years old. That doesn't old. seem possible. I know. Think about farm. Again, congratulations and happy birthday. I remember the first time that I sipped a farm girl Saison and I was like, oh, we can have this? Right. This is ours now. Yeah. Happiness. Such a great 10 years. Supper. That's great. I know. They are partying all day out there, you guys. They have got a huge bash with light, with music. Taps are flowing. There's axe tossing, which happens to be a thing now, apparently. It is a huge thing. <laughs> it is a huge, huge thing. Do your it's boys want to do nation- it? Yes, they want to do it. And yeah. um, it, it's nationwide. It's not just here. It's right. not us, you know, claiming our lumberjack roots. Yeah. Uh, there, there are these axe throwing places all over the country. But I'm not sure that, you know, beer and axe throwing... At the end of the day is maybe a good idea. Yeah, I don't we'll know. We'll see. We'll see. Everybody be safe. You know what? They're doing it at the <laughs> Renaissance Festival, too. <laughs> and they actually have an axe-throwing pub at the Renaissance Festival, which kicks off today. And I'm just saying, especially at the Renaissance Festival, oh, my God, you wow. guys. Run. Some of those guys, <laughs> some of those people who drink those huge flagons and then yeah. sit with their turkey legs and sort of feel like they may have actually transported back to the Middle Ages. <laughs> I'm a little worried about them. They really get into it. They get into it. And if there's axe throwing and drinking, I'm just a little worried. Just a little worried. They already have jousting. So, you know. (sighs) But that's a little more controlled. Other things happening today, you guys. (laughs) It's like a party day. Seriously. Uh, The Travail Lakeside Party is happening up in Birdtown in Robbinsdale. Yep. I mean, that's always a party. You can still go. I think it's like 10 bucks at the door. And then you buy tickets for food. Those boys are crazy. God, they're crazy. Lots of good stuff. In a good way. In a great way. Um, Sunday tomorrow is the Japanese Lantern Festival at Como Park. Always beautiful. Seriously, this is one of those things that if you are a Japanophile or you're just interested in those kind of things, but this gorgeousness of setting the lantern to drift on the lake or on the river and it in the really pond. Is beautiful it is see. really one of those things that you should probably do it at some point in your lifetime. It's at the Como Conservatory. Um, I think it's free to go and then you just sort of pay for food and drink and stuff. And there's a ton of great uh yakitori skewers there so there's also an india fest happening today oh in is saint, there in saint paul i missed that one uh it's 11 a.m to 9 and it's on the state capitol grounds mm-hmm. um india fest celebrates obviously heritage traditions diversity culture and i'm sure there's going to be some good food oh god yeah yeah highlights of the festival food um eight twin cities indian restaurants are going to be there wow that's going to be good. Dance troops and, you know, Palak Paneer. I'm, I'm guessing you could probably get some henna somewhere. I'm thinking it. Uh, also, something you might want to sign up for now, because it's next Friday, the 24th, but ASI, the American Swedish Institute, mm-hmm. does their Krafskiva crayfish party. Yep. 
And that is a gorgeous night under the lanterns. Lots of music, lots of dancing, lots of crayfish. It's uh, it's usually sold out, so get a ticket now because they're not sold out yet. Fun. And come see us tomorrow at Linden Hills Farmer's Market yes. for Julia Child's birthday celebration. Come see us and we will have all the laughs with Raghavan and Molly and Lynn. And that'll be fun. Thanks for joining, Malls. Cool. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. See you next week. Ciao, ciao.